You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, what up? What's going on? Episode 44 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Coming to you live on a Wednesday. I get it. I know. I said Tuesday of this week, considering the game. The Giants' upcoming matchup with the Eagles is on Thursday. Uh, I apologize. Been busy. But we're here anyway. Still have over 24 hours until the Giants kick off against Philadelphia this Thursday night at Lincoln Financial Field at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, So some midweek Giants news we're going to go over and discuss uh, as well as our usual preview of the upcoming Giants game. Uh, as far as the news section is concerned, we got a couple different things to talk about. A right? couple different things. Some good, some not so good. All of which pertaining to something injury related. Let's start with the not so good. So Tay Crowder was placed on injured reserve with a hamstring injury on Tuesday, I believe. Yes, yesterday. Tay Crowder, obviously, this year's NFL drafts, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Giants drafted him with the last pick, the last overall pick in the entire draft, number 255 overall in the seventh round. He became the Giants inside linebacker for week five against the Cowboys, and then he was he started at week six against Washington. And as we all know, or I'm hoping we all know, he was basically the hero in the Giants' win over Washington this past Sunday with his late fourth quarter scoop and score that gave the Giants the lead. The Giants eventually won the game 20-19. to But now he is being placed on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. So due to the new NFL rules in regards to injured reserve, he will miss at least the next three weeks. So he's going to miss the Week 7 game against Philly, the Week 8 Monday night game against Tampa, and then the Week 9 game against Washington. This is uh, it, this is totally unfortunate, not just because he was the hero in the win over Washington with that late scoop and score for the go-ahead touchdown, as I just mentioned, but also because he was Tay Crowder was simply becoming a beneficial piece in the starting lineup. As I said in episode four, th- th- this past episode, episode 43, if you're Mr. Irrelevant and you're a starter and making noteworthy plays by week five and six, that's pretty damn good. I mean, it, you're... The number 255 overall pick. And then you go through a weird offseason with no in-person rookie camp, minicamp, OTAs, a weird and unusual training camp period, no preseason games, and then you you make the uh, final roster for the regular season and you're a starter by week five. That's pretty insane. So it's... uh, And he was second on the team with 10 combined tackles against Washington. So his... Placement on injured reserve isn't just unfortunate 
because he was the hero in the Washington game. It's unfortunate because he was becoming he was becoming a beneficial piece for this defense overall. Doesn't just have to do with the touchdown he scored. It was everything. He had ten tackles against Washington. You know, he was definitely a better uh inside line he was definitely better in that starting inside linebacker role alongside Blake Martinez than, you know, Devontae Downs was. Devontae Downs was the original starter alongside Martinez. He struggled. So he's not really getting much defensive playing time at all anymore. Tay Crowder was a better piece in that defense. But so it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate uh move. But to be honest, it's the story of this year. How many injuries have the Giants had this year? Saquon, Sterling Shepard, Lorenzo Carter's done for the year. Ocean Zimenez is still on IR. Uh, Xavier McKinney hasn't played a game yet. Uh, Jabril Peppers is being banged up. David Mayo missed the first five games. David Mayo just returned to the field in week six against Washington. Uh, he's And he's likely going to have an increased role in the absence of uh, Crowder. So, but, but Mayo was supposed to start, basically. Missed the first five games, and then his first game back against Washington, he had like 11 defensive snaps, I think, he took. But his role is going to increase in the absence of Crowder. Uh, um, Mayo started 13 games with the Giants last year. Uh, who else is... Uh, C.J. Board, too. Now, C.J. Board is... Uh, you know, he, he has a concussion, which is... That was a scary injury with C.J. Board. Glad he's doing okay. Glad it's... Um, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse for C.J. Board. Uh, Adrian Colbert, who the Giants started to like at safety, he's, uh, I don't think he's playing against the Eagles either. I believe he's out. So the injuries have taken a toll on the Giants this year, which was sort of expected during this, you know, for this pandemic-impacted season with no preseason games and an unusual training camp period and offseason. Injuries were sort of expected, but that doesn't make it, you know, that doesn't make it any less unfortunate. It's very much still unfortunate and uh, they're just going to have to deal with it. And as far as more and in more injury related news, I'll get to the actually so we had the not so good stuff, which was the Crowder news and now we're going to move to the uh, I guess better sounding aspect of this news section of this podcast episode. So Sterling Shepard practiced on Tuesday, uh, which is a great sign because Sterling Shepard as we all know has not played since week 2, suffered the turf toe injury against the Bears. Uh in that week two loss. And uh, so since he practiced on Tuesday, he's uh, designated to return from IR. So the Giants placed him on IR after week two. That would mean he missed, he was going to miss at least the weeks three, four, and five games. He missed three, four, and five, obviously, and then the week six game against Washington. So he's been designated to return from IR since before the Washington game. He did not, um, the Giants did not begin that 21-day window to activate him off of IR until Tuesday. So, and so now that he's designated for return, now the Giants have 3 weeks to 3 weeks from this past Tuesday to activate him off IR. If they don't do that, then he's going to return to IR for the rest of the year. Uh, do I think he will play against Philly? I don't. Okay? The Giants have until 4 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday to make a decision on if they'll activate him for the Eagles game, so they might as well take all the time that they need. I mean, they might as well if they have it, you know, there at their disposal, but my guess is that he won't play against the Eagles. My guess is that their return is trending more towards the Week 8 Monday Night Football game against Tampa. Don't forget, he just started practicing for the first time in weeks, and it's not like the Giants had a full week of you know tense, strenuous practices. They just played Sunday, and they're playing tomorrow, Thursday. 
It's not like the Giants have had a full week of practice. That's the disadvantage of Thursday night games. I know we love Thursday night games because, oh, you got football middle of the week. But that's the disadvantage for teams Thursday night games. They don't have a full week of practice and preparation. Um, so Shepard really has to take a part in a full-blown practice. I believe he only stretched with the Giants on uh, Tuesday. So, yeah, we we need to take that into account. And I think there is going to be – he's trending more towards uh, playing on Monday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Week 8 instead of on Thursday night against the Eagles. Um, it's just more realistic if he was activated for the Bucks game instead of Thursday's game, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's not beneficial for the Giants that he won't be playing in the Week 7 game, but it's beneficial to see he's trending towards somewhat of a, an eventual return because the Giants have needed him. They need that Daniel Jones needs as many weapons in the passing game as possible. The passing game has not excelled whatsoever this year. We all know this. Daniel Jones has not been great this year. We all know this. Daniel Jones is a young developing quarterback, needs as many weapons in the passing game as possible. And Sterling Shepard will, you know, will eventually be that extra weapon that he needs besides Darius Slayton. Because right now Darius Slayton is really the only reliable uh guy in that in the um in the receiver room. You know, Golden Tate isn't. Uh CJ Board isn't. Damian Ratley wasn't. That's why he got cut. Giants, Daniel Jones needs an extra guy in the passing game, and Sterling Shepard will be able to provide that once he's healthy. But I just don't think that's going to be Thursday night. And speaking of Thursday night, all of a sudden, the Giants have a huge game on their hands. It's absurd. This game is massive for the Giants, and for the Eagles as well. But this is a Giants podcast, so we'll talk about the Giants. With a Giants win... And the Cowboys lost in Week 6. The Giants could tie the Cowboys for first place in the division. Which is absolutely insane considering they're 1-5 going on 2-5 if they win. Okay, if the Giants win, the Cowboys lose. Giants are tied for first place in the division. Which, again, I think is absolutely absurd. Giants obviously coming in at 1-5, while the Eagles are 1-4-1. This is a huge opportunity for the Giants to gain even more momentum from last week's win over Washington, go on a win streak, and make some noise in this putrid NFC East. Below average NFC East is, is extremely generous. That's it. Saying this division is below average is like a huge compliment and just a very generous adjective. It's a putrid division. But the Giants have an opportunity to make some noise in it. And uh, but winning this ball game, while difficult, you know it's it's it won't be impossible. Sure, the Giants have lost each of the last seven meetings. We know this. They haven't beaten them since Week Nine of 2016, when Carson Wentz was a rookie, and you know Daniel Jones. We we didn't even know who Daniel Jones was. But this Eagles team this year is significantly worse than the previous year's teams. Like, could you imagine this Giants, the Giants winning this game? And all of a sudden being right up there with the Cowboys with two wins. After starting off 0-5 and that's what's leading the division. That's like not like a hypothetical. That actually could happen. Like that very much could happen within whatever it is. The, what time am I, What time is it now? It could be a thing in 28, in, in, in 28 hours. That could very much be a thing. 
the Giants having the same number of wins as the NFC East leading Cowboys. Uh, again, insane. Uh, do I think the Giants will eventually win this division? Like, I mean, I want to say no, but judging about how each of these, each of the other teams in this division, how their seasons are going right now, it's actually kind of possible. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, the Cowboys are awful against the Cardinals. To be honest, if I was Dak, I'd use that game as even more of a reason for the Cowboys to pay him an absurd amount of money. You know, Washington doesn't have a quarterback. The Eagles and Wentz have their own fair share of issues on the field. Uh, but, you know, for the Giants to have any sort of success and come close to winning this division, they're going to need to play well against the Eagles. And, uh, and they're going to need to play well against the Eagles and Cowboys, something they haven't done in recent years at all. And it starts Thursday night. Um, and as far as Thursday night's game, I think this will be a defensive battle. I don't believe this Giants defense, which has been you know, relatively strong much of the year, will have significant issues against the Eagles. Thus, I think you know, this, this Giants offense is going to need to step up a little bit. We say that every single week. It's got to happen at some point. Remember that opening drive against the Cowboys? With the creative play calling to the point where the touchdown was a sweep to Evan Engram? Yeah, they need to go back to that. The creative play calling worked for the short period of time they utilized it against the Cowboys, and Jason Garrett has mainly gone away from it ever since. They need to do sweeps, play action, screen dump-offs, zone reads, trick plays if you need to. Be creative. That's what the great offenses in this league are. They're creative. They utilize their personnel. And they maximize their offensive weapons potential. The Giants, teams like Baltimore, teams like Kansas City, uh, you know, even the Cowboys with Dak did that. They, the Giants need to be creative and they need to maximize the potential of their offensive weapons. Needs to be done. Okay, because when they don't do that, they fail on the offensive side of the ball. And we've seen it countless times already this year. And when they're creative, it works. We saw early in the game against the Cowboys. It worked. They scored the touchdown on that on that early drive. We're like, what team are we watching here? That's how that's how abnormal it was for us to witness something like that this year. Be creative. Okay, be unpredictable. Don't have your drives all look the same. And also establish some sort of run game too. Not only to order, open up the play action, but take the pressure off of Jones. That's what's going to limit his mistakes and potentially prevent his weekly turnover. You know, I, 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 we all complain about you know Jones's turnovers, and yeah, it's a massive issue, and it's still a very big problem within him, within himself, and within this offense. The Giants got to run the ball and do it consistently and be effective at it. Take the pressure off their young quarterback. We know Jones is still in his second year, and he should be developing. But it's still his second year. It's not like he's like a complete like tenth year veteran. It's he's still twenty three years old. Take the pressure off of your twenty three year old quarterback. Run the ball, and they have a great opportunity to do so this week. The Eagles are tied for twentieth uh, in the league with one hundred and twenty five point five rushing yards allowed per game. Take advantage of that. Utilize Devontae Freeman, Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis who should be healthy despite his prior hand injury, uh, throw multiple things at them from the run game. Maybe even use Elijah Penny as an extra blocker on short yardage plays. Again, 
Be creative and be unpredictable. That's what will lead to beneficial things for this offense. Throw different things at this defense. Tire them out. Open up the play action. You know, take pressure off of your quarterback. That's what will work. The Giants, they don't do that. They're not creative. They run such a vanilla offense, and they're so, like, it's, like, boring to watch. It's got to be unpredictable. And they have a perfect opportunity to be that on Thursday and route to winning a game and tying the Cowboys for the division lead in wins. Again, insane. Prediction time. Am I predicting the Giants to win this game? Of course not. No, you know I like my reverse psychology. Last time I used reverse psychology, it worked. Three times before that, no. But we're going to go by the most recent data. Last time I used a reverse psychology, the Giants beat Washington. I predicted them to lose. They won. So this time around, we're going to use it again. Eagles 23, Giants 20. I think the Giants cover the four-point spread. Um, I think the under hits. I believe the under is 44.5 or 45.5. I forget. But either way, it would hit. And uh, yeah, I I think the Giants lose and drop to 1-6 and six and the season is basically over. Again, I'm using reverse psychology. I'm going to do it until it doesn't work again. And then after that, I'll probably still use it. But I say Eagles 23, Giants 20. Uh, Eagles escape with their second win of the year, and they tie the Cowboys for the division lead uh, with two wins. Um, or they wouldn't. The, the Cowboys would still have to lose, um, I believe. But they'd still they'd still have the same number of wins as the Cowboys and be on the right track as far as gaining back the lead in the NFC East, which the Cowboys, or excuse me, which the Eagles did at one point half. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. As I said, I, I think it's going to be a defensive battle, which means I think the Giants are going to have to step up offensively, which again is a very tough task for them to do because they're not good offensively whatsoever. They're the second worst scoring team in the league. So, uh, but we'll see. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, again, my name is Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast and listen to episode 44 and every other episode that we've had over the last year or so on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast on major platforms. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again, and I'll talk to you guys uh, when the game's over to give you my immediate reaction. All right, see ya.